What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Live Beyond Average podcast, and uh, it's been a little while since we've officially sat down in the podcast station. <laughs> yeah, there's so much new stuff down here, all these new toys and gadgets. <laughs> yeah, you haven't been on the, the official mics yet. No, it's really nice. You can see it picking up everything, no echoes. I know, dude. Pretty I awesome. Have, I absolutely love it, and it's uh, it definitely is nice. We haven't utilized it enough because of the busy schedule. So many of our podcasts have been like at 5.30 a.m. on the road via Facebook Lives. Right, right. So obviously, like, sound quality is not the best. The content's good, but it's exciting when we have the time to mesh, get down here on the podcast desk, and actually just, like, cut it up. So I'm pretty excited that we had the time to do this today. Yeah, no, me too. How how long has it been since we've done a hunting podcast? I want to say it was last hunting season. We tried getting together a couple different times. I'm like, hey, I got an hour here. You're like, well, I can do it this afternoon out. No, I can't do it that afternoon. And (laughs) it was just back and forth kind of all winter long and spring. And Yes, I think the most time we got to spend together was our New Mexico trip when we swung down really quick um, over basically an extended weekend with a couple buddies and uh, hunted Barbary sheep for a few days, but that yeah, was we like, didn't we can talk about that. We quick. didn't. Yeah, I mean, we, it was yeah, that was kind of one of those. Uh, you know, we didn't. I didn't end up harvesting anything last fall, and mm-hmm. uh, we didn't draw any New Mexico tags. So Struck we just looked at uh, a couple over the counter units, and Jordan called me one day, and he's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Uh, you know, end of the month, beginning of next month. I'm like, I don't know. You know, thinking we're gonna do a podcast or something. He's yeah. Like, Oh no! You want to blaze down to New Mexico, hunt some over-the-counter stuff? I was just like, uh, huh? Leaving in two weeks. <laughs> well, let me see if I can get that all set up. And then it turned into, well, do you mind if I text so and so? And I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm gonna text so and so. So we ended up getting two. We got Aaron and uh, and and Travis to come down with us yeah. too. And uh, dude, that that was actually I had more fun. Yes. Um, with those guys and just their reaction and seeing them, you know, experiencing that stuff. Mm. Um, and that was kind of, that was kind of my goal going down. Um, we had both harvested nice sheep the year before yeah, and we were kind of in it for whatever. And, you know, basically wanted to look at getting those two guys, their tags filled first. Absolutely. You know, we've have been lucky enough to kill a couple sheep, you know, you've, you went down, we went down together a couple years ago, and you killed a nice sheep, and uh, dude, it was like, we were in for the adventure on that trip, and like, share that adventure with a couple other guys that were so pumped to be invited, and so pumped to go along on that hunt, and uh, honestly, that was super rewarding. Yeah, no, it's a kind of, I don't know if it's like a daunting thing, you know, going out of state, you know, so far away, it's 17, 18 hours away. Yeah. Um, going to a different state, different place that you don't know, but you know, we, we did it, cruised all the way down there, um, ended up doing a Airbnb, which was a lot better than camping or roughing it. Yeah. Where we were hunting wasn't much of a drive every day from, uh, Airbnb we found. So we were like, let's just do that and have the showers, have like some decent sleep. Like so much nicer. nicer. it, It was, it was a fun hunt at the end of the year right to really wrap up the year and do that not not everything has to be like massively hard backcountry like camping like the hunt itself tough backcountry stuff it's a lot of hiking a lot of hiking um but it was just so cool to be able to like to put a bow on that bringing down travis and and aaron like they haven't done like a 
like a big out of state hunt like that mm-hmm. before where like it was their first times doing that. And so to be able to go with a couple guys that had done it before, uh, do that every year like we do, um, and to experience that, even though we hadn't hunted that unit before, it was mm-hmm. new to us, we had sheep hunted before. And so mm-hmm. we got to bring our experience kind of into them and they got to just like, I think they had a lot of fun. Yeah, no, and, and they learned a lot about, like even they admitted, you know, learned a lot about glassing. Yes. Um, persistence it takes a lot down in that country just keep going keep grinding yeah because so much of that sheep hunt is just like it's it's you don't it's not fast no it's it's a slow go you you glass you move you move up a canyon a little ways you glass you move up the canyon a little ways you right because it's just like there's so many nooks and crannies and turns and cuts in those canyons sometimes you only walk like 40 50 yards and you glass again um, because you're you're looking at so much new country, and if a sheep's bedded there, five hundred yards, six hundred yards away, they're gonna see you if 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 you're not if you're moving too fast. Oh yeah. You know, so it's it's like you're moving slow, you're glassing, you're catching them before they catch you type of thing. Um, so many so many times. That's that's one of the ways we've hunted sheep successfully. I know Justin. That's a big way that he hunts sheep is he just moves up these canyons, glasses, and that's where we've learned so much is from him obviously on how to do that and it's a successful way he kills a ton of sheep doing right it. right yeah we did we did sit you know at the base of some of the mountains and glass the whole side of a mountain yeah uh, and just sit there for a long time and pick it apart but man looking up at you're trying to pick a line and, oh if i find something up on this shelf it's going to take two plus hours to get up mm, yeah, to where they were at and then you have to look and see if it's even possible or safe yeah. to go up there. There was a couple of spots that were really sketchy, and we're like, yep, yeah, we're going to see something up there. We're going to see when they're not able to get it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, like, yeah, because there is some stuff in there that, like, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go uh, hike that edge <laughs> to go get a stupid sheep. Like, it's just not going to do it. Like, and there is no. some of that stuff up there that are just straight downs for... A thousand fifteen hundred feet i mean it's nuts so. yeah rough country uh like we said we did not have any luck on that trip we learned a lot learned a lot about a new unit uh we saw a lot of cool animals right away the first morning mm. we're driving in and uh we ran into a lot of other hunters in that unit which could be expected for in that yeah, know, in that one area, yeah in that one area in the unit there was uh, but yeah we we're driving in and you know just as the sun's coming up and 60 yards from the truck is a giant bull oryx and we you know everybody's jaw drops that's the first (laughs) thing we see and oh yeah we're all looking at this bull like no way he's just standing there looking at us posing perfect well what was so cool about that too is like when we were going into that area i was like you guys i'm like this is Oryx country, and me and me and Dustin have both killed Oryx, so we were both like, I'm like, Dustin, is this not Oryx country? I'm like, this is this is freaking like an Oryx bottom right yeah, here. Yeah, these little arroyos that yeah, like thick weave there. through there, and I'm just... like, this is Oryx country, and we we turn that corner, and I'm like, yeah, see, there's an Oryx right there. He's <laughs> <laughs> a big old bull, and like he was a good bull. I bet he was a 37 inch bull, yep. heavy, heavy old bull, big, huge neck, I mean, yeah. big body. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. I do not pass bull like he would be if i had a tag on that that bull would be dead like yeah great bull and then we ended up seeing uh some more orcs that morning we saw mm-hmm. a, a giant cow and i looked back at that footage of that dude she's totally pregnant oh Big yeah. old belly on her i really didn't notice that when i was glassing that morning 
but a, a big cow. And then later that week, we saw, I mean, we saw a lot of oryx that trip. Um, yeah. Some cool looking ones, some crazy horned oryx, and some curves. Yeah, some and curves, like, a couple broken horns. Which yeah, is, I mean, just a lot of oryx. Yeah. It was it was awesome. Yeah. And then uh, we actually glassed up some uh, desert bighorns as well, which for me, like, that made my trip just because I'm obsessed. But yeah. that was cool. I mean, no, a we, lot of them too, like 30, oh, 30 yeah. 40 maybe. I don't know. There's a couple different... A couple different bands of them mm-hmm. came through, and we're like, "Oh, look, there they are!" And then all of a sudden, more came from around the mountain. Like, yeah, there's a bigger ram. There's holy cow! And you know, a couple of them were collared. That was pretty cool yes. to see yes. that. Um, New Mexico Fish and Wildlife is, you know, really trying to keep these bighorn around. You know, yeah. they're really studying them, and that's kind of. Kind of nice to see. Well, and it was so cool, too, because it was like a chance for, because we had talked about how we had hunted that same canyon multiple days, and we were like, well, sheep a lot of times, are conti- they just continue to move. So even though you don't see sheep in there one day, you can go back in those same canyons mm-hmm. and still sometimes find sheep. Like, we've done it. We've killed sheep in those kind of canyons. And so it was cool, I think, for Aaron and, and Travis to see that, that, you know, how those sheep were just moving, and they just move around those mountains, continue to move, continue to move, where it was like... Okay, they got it wasn't the sheep we were hunting, but they got to see what sheep do and they just like continue to just meander and right. like, work the size of the mountains. So just because you're looking at one mountain one day and there's no sheep there, it doesn't mean you can't go back there in twelve hours and there's gonna be sheep right where you looked yeah. twelve or sixteen or twenty four hours before. Um so it was just I think that was cool for them to see how just sheep continually And they're not really like deer, it's not they're not patternable. No, well, and there's so, not a bunch of them. Right. Like, you know what I mean? You're just like out here, you just see so many deer. You go on a deer hunt, even though you're not seeing deer you want to shoot, you just you see a lot of them. Where sheep hunting, you can go and not even see a single sheep for days. Yeah, yeah, like we did. Like like we did exactly, and we could go back next time and find two bands of forty. I mean, it's just right the way that kind of hunt goes. We ran into a couple other hunters, and they said they were there. They said they were looking, watching some ewes and some smaller rams. Mm-hmm. We just weren't weren't seeing them uh we did go up on the top side of the mountain we tried that um that was really cool we uh that was fun we ran into some elk mm-hmm. hiking in that was that was pretty cool yeah. um just different country um hiked all three miles back up in there and we kind of got to a rim where we thought we were gonna glass down and we're just gonna sit up there all day and and we hiked up there got up and look straight down and it's 1250 feet <laughs> straight vertical cliff it was, it was epic i mean, I mean cool awesome stuff. overlook impossible to hunt <laughs> we're going on it no uh so that's so cool i mean that you could have hunted that north side so we you know we glassed that south side just because it looks so cool i'm like i wanted to find a sheep in that just but you weren't going to go kill one on it but yeah that that other side that north side of it we could have we could have got down into and killed one for sure if we would have found one in there. It would have took time. Yeah. But you could have done it. And especially with having four guys, we could have easily had one guy stay up in glass, three guys go down there and kill, and, you know, three guys could kill a sheep. And, you know, or one guy could kill a sheep, you had three guys pack the thing out, make it pretty right. easy to get back up out of it because it was steep. But it would have made the load pretty light. You mm-hmm. know, it could have been, it would have been ideal. It would have been an ideal spot to, to kill one. That was a cold morning. It was cold and windy up there. Yeah. And we were just up in the brunt of it, man. Well, we we had been, you know, shoot that, I got sunburned on that <clears throat> mm-hmm. first day, before. you yeah. know, so I had the David Hasselhoff sunburn from unzipping my, <laughs> yep. my hoodie. Oh, dude, it was nice. It was 70s the whole time. Yeah. That morning was just happened to be 
It was just up top, and mm-hmm. it was just cold, but it was a, it ended up being a nice day anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we learned a lot in that area, and like what we would do the following time, go back, and uh, we both struck out in New Mexico again this year, so who knows, we no might tags. make that a second annual trip for the coming year or something and do it again, and maybe do it a little bit differently if we were going to hunt that top side, how we would do that, and uh, have some more options, but yeah, that's the point of it, is to continually, continually learn on just how you would navigate certain areas and that's the fun part is yeah. and it's not that that's also what it, it's not easy it's no, hard it is hard yeah you're not gonna and i actually didn't even buy a tag like if we went down there and we were driving down and i was gonna buy one i was like you know i got three other guys in this truck i'm like i know how sheep hunts go i'm like i'm not gonna spend 380 bucks on the tags i just like i just let it go i'm like i'm just gonna go glass and try to find sheep for you guys so it ended up you know after the drive down there i'm like you know if we end up killing two on the first day or something i'll buy the i'll buy the over-the-counter tag and go from there but i'm like i'm just gonna let it go i actually just forgot to buy my tag and then i realized yeah maybe that was a good idea i forgot to buy it so it's it is what it is i mean it was a fun trip it was an adventure and awesome yeah that yeah, was I look forward to doing it again that was february uh so let's uh rewind back to mm. september it's a big rewind but let's do it yeah so yeah, we started backwards. We started with how we ended our year, right. our 2020. That was how we ended. And it was obviously a 2021 hunt, but that February hunt, I always feel like it's like the wrap-up of of twenty of your year before. So that was the wrap-up of 2020. So yeah, all my back. gear's still out from yes. the yeah, previous year. And we're kind of half ready to go. <laughs> so, okay, jumping back to September 2020. Here we go. Yeah, uh, my September, uh, Neil and I went out west again, and... Uh, the previous year, we had both shot mid-150s, nice muleys out there. and You had a heck of a hunt. It I mean, was you guys awesome. Just had a blast. You guys have heard that podcast. I mean, if you haven't, jump back yeah. jump back to last year and listen to the one with Neil and Neil and Dustin. We it's, did two, two nice muleys in four days. And this year, and the thing was, is I, I know some other guys that hunt close to that area, and uh, they took some nice ones with rifles last year. We got back in there this year, and there just was not, you know, mature deer back in there. Yeah. Um, there was one, one deer that I'd seen, you know, that was a nice four by four, and I was kind of watching him, but I was really looking farther back in, and we just weren't picking them up. Yeah. And it was it was hot. It was in the nineties during mm-hmm. the day. It and was hot. we had a jaunt to get there every morning. So I mean it was late nights, early mornings. It was wearing on a guy. Um I ended up uh glassing up a nice one that four by four and I finally decided I was gonna go after him just because he was in velvet. Yeah, of course. And uh And they were not in velvet very long this year. No, Dude, for as hot as it was, I thought they'd stay a little bit longer mm-hmm. where so we're hunting similar time frame days apart probably no we were hunting the same days we were both back at the same time um because i got back from nevada i actually was hunting in nevada late august i was elk hunting and antelope hunting um i got back on the first or on the i got back no the day before the first and then i hunted on the second and the third okay yep and so and you guys were there obviously the first second third fourth I think. yes um yep. yeah and so you know previous years a lot of these years we have velvet all the way up to like you know you start seeing them come off around the fourth a lot of times they'll hold on to like the bigger bucks will hold on to like the seventh even i've seen you know a lot of years and yeah. uh it was not the case this year 
No. So this was totally really early. Yeah, I had that one that I went after was in full velvet. A lot of the little guys had shed theirs already, which I what, thought was... Do you remember what day that was? I want to say the third, yeah. third or fourth. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, and where I was at, I hunt just a few miles from Dustin, actually, as the crow flies. Um, and uh, I kind of had the same problem the year before. They were seeing pretty some nice deer, and I was just a few miles away, and it was the exact opposite. I wasn't finding diddly for anything decent. Right. And uh, even this year was, you know, 2020 was kind of the same way. There wasn't, I was seeing way more deer than I had seen the year before, which I was pumped about, but it was a lot of still just young deer. Um, mm -hmm. And the one I ended up shooting was probably the most mature one there. But yeah, same thing. Everything was on the second was already stripped of velvet. When that first morning, me and Matthew hiked up in there and this buck that was over here was the only buck left in velvet. So that, that was on the second. So you're on the third. Yeah. And you're like everything's stripped as well except for your 4x4. Four four. Yeah. So I ended up deciding to go after him. Um, yeah, I got in pretty close. 42, I think, is what I ended up sliding okay. down in. And uh, drew back. He was level with me. Uh, he was tucked under a cut bank. And I sh as I leaned out, I didn't lean out far enough clip just a couple blades of grass and I just watched my arrow I could see the side of my arrow dive down and hit right <laughs> behind him so oh, it pretty no. much like sprayed him with dirt he <clears throat> took off out of there and I was like crap so the next day uh I find him again <clears throat> and then that's when I called Neil I'm like all right I got him I'm going after him and he's like well I'm not seeing anything I'm coming over yeah I'll help you out perfect this is awesome yeah way more fun that way anyway right? yeah so he gets over I'm like, yep, he's here. Um, uh, he's in, in this cut. Neil comes up. He's like, oh, I got him. He's with like four smaller bucks. Yep, that's him. And uh, then this lone calf comes bebopping over the of hill. Of Cows ruin everything. Dude. Yeah. I hate cows. And he kicked him out of there. <laughs> it tastes good, though. Kicked him out of there and runs, you know, he runs around. And I'm still got eyes on him. And I'm like, bump up, come up to me. Neil's probably three quarters of a mile away mm -hmm. and he's walking over and I got to bump up to keep watching this, you know, see which cut this buck's going to go down. And all of a sudden Neil gets up to me and he's white as a ghost oh, and sweating. And I'm like, what is wrong? He's like, I just ran into a rattlesnake. Yeah. It was right there. Of course he did. <laughs> I'm like, oh geez. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of them out there too. Oh yeah. So then, yeah. So then we're just snaky after that you do you're and you're almost like that the rest of the season yes like it just you just turn that way and then you can go two more years without seeing one and you're fine right it's just goofy how your mindset switches right yeah so then that um i ended up getting so he went around the the one knob that i was kind of glassing from and he was kind of going to take his back escape route out and i okay. tried to get into where i thought he was and sure enough he was right in the cut that I needed, I just worked my way up and uh, I saw the top of some fuzzy antlers mm. and I was like, oh man, this is awesome. Seven yards. So I was right in there on him and almost too close for comfort. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, I drew a couple times and I couldn't, I didn't want to take a step because it was crunchy, mm -hmm. but I also was not taking my boots off because there was cactus like all along that rim of that yeah there's no cut there's bank. no bootless hunting where we hunt no it was <laughs> it was not yeah i was just gonna go nice and slow so yeah. i ended up 
you know, creeping up and finally got, took one big step. And right as I stepped over, right as I could see him, his body was tucked behind this dirt mound and I'm like, crap. And mm -hmm. then they jumped up. I shot, I got a good hit right, you know, just to the left of the spine, right where I was aiming. And you were pretty much shooting straight down. Yes. Yep. yep. Straight down. Saw the arrow go in. He ran down to the bottom. And as he started to come up the other side, the arrow shot back out. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. Then he ran over about 100, 120 yards, stopped, looked at me. And I could see a little bit of blood on his side. Yep. And high where I, you know, where I'd hit. And then they just took off. And I was like, yes, you know, I get on, I get my arrow, and the broadhead's still on. I've got like, you know, probably eight to ten inches of penetration. I'm like, this is really weird. Like, mm -hmm. why would, how did would this come out? back out? Yeah. And I'm shooting expandables, uh, two inch sever, and what had happened? So then Neil he's, comes walking over, and I'm like, hey, I got an arrow in him. And he... At this point, you're thinking that you're like over the hill. Down. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking maybe max three, 400 yards. Yeah. Like right where I saw it go down, like it got in some goodies in yeah. there. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we got, we looked for it and he came over and he's like, oh, yeah, they blew, they're in the next county. You know, they were running super fast. <laughs> oh, man. You're like, what? Yeah. So we... <laughs> We had a little bit of blood, we looked at the arrow, and he's like, well, this is weird. Usually they break off in there if yep. they're, you know, yep. if they get in in those ribs and stuff. And it wasn't this full, you know, full arrow, full broadhead still on so there. Um, so we looked for about three hours, couldn't find them. It was getting hot. We were running low on water, decided to hike back out, and uh, then that whole way out, I'm... Uh, I'm walking and Neil's behind me and I'm like, get up here. You know, we're trying to talk and he's like, uh-uh. I'm like, oh, I'm walking because oh, yeah, you don't want to get run into a snake. <laughs> and it's we more dangerous to be the guy behind. Yeah. Knows that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it it's the second person the that's going to get it. Yeah. first guy agitates it. Yep. The second guy gets bit. <laughs> exactly. But we did see, ran into a couple more bull snakes and um rat snake oh my gosh they were everywhere yeah it was i don't know what the year. deal was, was a lot of snakes last year dislike them same so yeah that next that night went back out to a super high point trying to find him mm -hmm. didn't didn't find him uh the next morning went back out to that high point and i found him yeah and he was only a, about probably 100 yards from where we last saw him like okay. where we last had blood um he got up and he wasn't moving like, you know, he was kind of stiff looking, but when he started walking, he wasn't limping, wasn't doing anything. And I looked and there was no blood on his side. Yep. I was like, oh, dang it. What is going on? Yeah. So I ended up getting on him again um, and found him. He bedded up kind of on a shelf and I was coming in from the bottom and I got to about a hundred yards and I needed to, the wind was bad to come in on top of him. It mm -hmm. was too long of a shot to go over that little basically the little drainage that he was in okay. so i had to come up from the bottom and i got to the base of the the hill that he was on and just started making my way up there and i look up and he's standing there looking at me at like 60 yards it's like crap <laughs> so you know i'm on my back foot wrong way draw he sees me he blows out of there and he just is gone and yeah 
And <laughs> I could see that side, and he was not. He was fine. He was just fine. He ran just fine. Was walking fine. So, I mean, that was that was reassuring. I was just sick. Yeah. You know that whole right night and. And it's so weird to think about like. You think about how great like these broadheads are, and you think about how like great our technology is. It's always hard to like believe, like, how can you shoot an animal with one of those things and not have it be a lethal shot in some way, shape, or form? Right. It's hard to believe that sometimes, and like that's fine, but dude, it legit happens. Yes. Yeah, it did. It's, it's so crazy. What we figure happened, we talked a lot about it, is basically that broadhead went down in, so and when it, it yeah vision shooting. Dustin's almost straight over the top of this yeah, buck. Yeah, straight up and down. So when that broadhead went in, you know, it could have been a quarter twist one way or the other, and I would have had a dead deer. Yes. Um, so when it expanded, it kind of rolled the ribs down mm-hmm. and stayed on the outside of the rib cage and basically just made like a little pocket yep. on the outside. Yeah, between the skin and the ribs. Just a flesh wound. Yeah. And, you know, that deer, to my knowledge... I mean, he was looking healthy and ran yep. away from me just fine. Probably so. got shot in the rifle season. <laughs> Probably got <laughs> shot in the rifle season. Oh, uh, yeah. So that that was our, uh, we didn't end up filling any tags. Um, that was our September. Uh, yeah. You did. You went out to Nevada. I think we talked about that. And that was yeah, probably little, the last. That was probably the last hunting podcast. And I, I didn't even dive too deep on that. It was such like a draining, like. Mm-hmm. physically and emotional haunt for me like i didn't even want to talk about it which was kind of weird like i'm way more open to talk about it now mm-hmm. but it's just weird how like doing that type of level of haunt solo which i did it solo no camera like i usually have matthew with me right he's my cameraman he's with me so you always have like help and backup and just somebody to talk to right where you know i drove all the way from eastern south dakota to all the way to nevada you know it's a long haul it's all the way across the country yes did it solo in a day, right right up to the mountain, you know, and uh, started hiking back into the backcountry, you know, with seven, ten days of gear on my back. And, you know, I've never looked at this country. I've never, you know, I mean, just what I could find on YouTube, knew it was going to be rough. And it was. I mean, totally rough. Um, and just, and that even wasn't the part that was, I was fine. I can get over that part. But just like, dude, the soloness of it, that was my first time ever like solo backcountry. Mm-hmm. and uh man that's it's challenging like it's yeah. challenging on the mind for sure um and then turned around right after that i actually, well you had and i had two hunts you also I, had uh some <clears throat> fire issues the yeah, smoke was, and the haze yeah, to deal with yeah dealing so, with really bad fires up so the, also playing into that mental game is you're just stacking on these extras that are making things more difficult yeah and i have no service you know what i mean so i'm luckily i had matt back here in south dakota that he was running like we were just communicating via satellite phone and he was just running like fire checks for me because uh, there was fires in the unit I was hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just a little stressful. Like I, you know, after a couple of days, uh, there was quite a bit of smoke. And then, you know, after, the, I don't know, I was a couple of days in and it kind of started clearing off in this big canyon I was hunting. So I was like, sweet, like good. That evening I could finally kind of start, I was glassing all the way across the canyon versus just like sides of it. And I went to bed, like was stoked. And I woke up the next morning, I like, got out of my tent in the dark, and I could just, like, smell, like, heavy fire. Oh, yeah. And so, like, right away, I was like, you know, satellite messaging Matt. Yeah. Which How he close wasn't, is this? Which he wasn't returning a sat text at that point because, like, I don't know, it was just it was just early. And I was like, I was kind of getting pissed off because I, like, just wanted somebody to, like, dude, I want to know where this fire is at. Because right. I'm like, do I need to hike my butt up, get out of here? 
because it was it went from like clear that previous morning to like I could smell fire. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, it's got to be semi close here, you know. Right. So I mean, just like yeah, the stresses of that was not fun, um, but it was a fun hunt. I mean, learned a lot, and it was just like good for me to growth wise. You know, had a chance at a big bull. You know, definitely over 350, 360 bull. I was 25, 30 yards from just had a tree pinned right between us i came off like dove off this mountain and just i was actually going after a different group of bulls and i kind of jumped off this hill and he was right behind this tree and we were both just like he couldn't see me and he couldn't smell me because i had the wind and so he was pissy and he was trying to you know get me to step out and i was trying to get him to step out and it was a really cool a monster bull um so that was kind of my one opportunity mm-hmm. and i ended up not getting a shot not even a shot at him just couldn't get him out in the open and then uh, I went. I left from that hunt, went right into an antelope hunt that I drew in Nevada as well. That was just like a couple hundred miles straight west. Went and did that solo, not like antelope hunting here in South Dakota. I mean, like hunting antelope up in the mountains, which you know, desert mountains. So that was right. really cool. But again, would have been way more fun with a buddy when you're hiking across three mile basins to climb up to the next mountain. Like it's right. really boring by yourself. Like it just is. Like I wish I, there was another way to put it. Yeah, it's really boring by yourself. Um, and so I'm just so used to having a companion along. So it was just a challenge for me. It was a good challenge, but I'd rather hunt with a buddy for sure. Right. And so, yeah, I came back, came back, drove back from that all the way, one shot at it back to South Dakota. I drove all the way back to Eastern South Dakota, picked up my family. We drove back Western South Dakota and I started right into archery deer season. I didn't hit the date, the opener September 1st, but me and Matthew went out September 2nd. Um, and we saw this buck that, I ended up shooting. We didn't stock them. You know, we would go by the old adage, like we watched him bed up with another couple bucks. They were not in a spot that we were going to kill him. So we went and glassed another ridge or two, didn't see anything that we wanted. And so we're like, let's just get out of here. We'll come back in tomorrow. Uh, September 3rd, we went back in there, kind of up, went up into our normal little spot that we always glassed here from, which is kind of our routine, man. Um, and uh, lo and behold, I spotted this same buck that we said we would have shot the day before he's definitely not a monster buck but he was mature and the only one in there left in velvet that we could find mm-hmm. and he made the mistake of putting himself like in a spot that i knew he was already dead before we even started that stock i mean just one of those spots that we dr- always dream about like we want those deer to bed there and yep. sure enough he did and uh actually you know as this crow flies all within 100 200 yards of the previous two mule deer bucks that i've killed in that same spot i mean they're if they go into one of those areas, that's what I'm banking on. I go sit up on that hill praying that a good buck goes and beds in those areas because I know I have a good spot of killing them. I feel like, I think they feel like they're in these safe spots and I feel mm-hmm. like they're in like the worst spots. Well, and it, I mean, if it's constant year after year, yeah. you know, they're, they're going to be there. If I have a certain wind, there's a, there's a good 50, 50 chance that the deer are going to go bed in one of those spots. Mm-hmm. And so if I can get a couple of good days of wind that blow a certain way in that area, and I have several days to hunt, I have an opportunity to hopefully get a stock in to kill one. Mm-hmm. And it just depends on if it's a deer I want to kill or not. I mean, that's what it's kind of barreling down to. So it's just a cool area. So yeah, this buck bedded down September 3rd. Everything else is stripped of velvet. He's the only one left. And uh, we get up in there, sneak again, kind of just like your situation. We got right over the top of him and actually probably got too close. You know, we were three, four yards right over the top of him. So crazy. And just actually pinned ourselves down, like mm-hmm. almost got too close probably should have stayed back another five yards and just waited and uh so i actually you know we we hung out there for quite a while kind of got our wits about us you know got that patience reset in and then finally i went 
there was just enough wind kind of being goofy that day. It was really windy that I decided just to go full draw and start, you know, just easing up over the top mm -hmm. of him. And uh, he never heard me, never saw me, but he just had that mule there, sixth sense, man. He felt yeah. something was not right. I even had the good sun, so my shadows weren't casting over him. I mean, everything was perfect. Um, and he ended up just, like, jumping out 20 yards. And uh, luckily, you know, it was the sixth sense thing, so he wasn't... He wasn't... He uh, didn't know what you were, couldn't smell you. He knew you know, something was up. He couldn't smell me, just had a sense. And he, yep. he looked up past me and just, like, jumped out 20 yards, and I just freaking pile drived him and he ran i don't know 80 yards and just tipped blood flying everywhere nice. I mean, it was awesome and got up to him and like yeah he wouldn't have last that velvet wouldn't have lasted through that that evening i mean it was just like about ready to goop fall off oh, that's so, good yeah it was just like he was definitely was gonna lose that velvet that mm -hmm. day so it was cool to finally like you know how long we've been after velvet like it was finally cool to, to make that happen right done so another dream you know kind of accomplished type of thing and it was cool. It was really cool, and uh, you know, not definitely not a monster mule deer like like some of the ones we've chased, but just a good good buck yeah. in one to be. I was just pumped, dude. <laughs> in, <laughs> like, in velvet's a trophy in itself. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's something that you know is kind of on everybody's bucket list. Mm -hmm. And that early season cape, dude. Like we got him mounted over here, and I have him on like a full. He's like pedestal turn, pedestal wall mount, and he's like full turn looking over, and you just you got all the you know the the detail and. A super thin coat, just thin, really. Beautiful. Yeah, change of color in the nose, like around the nose and everything. Just it's just yeah. cool, man. I'm, I'm pumped with it. Yeah, no, congrats on that one, man. Good on you. Um, I did another hunt uh, with a neighbor, and another buddy. Yeah. Um, we tried doing the the boat style hunt, mm -hmm. and uh, that was that was interesting. It was like your first boat style hunt, and it was his first mule deer hunt. Yes. And so it was kind of a cool combination where you could bring your mule deer skills to the table but still experience like a new style of hunting yeah so i was <clears throat> i was kind of set on looking for you know big mule deer and uh those guys they were just looking for a basically mature deer whitetail or muley yeah because there is some whitetails in that area there was yeah. there was um yeah so that first day i call him and uh he's like yeah bring your you know bring your rain gear and i'm like god dang it you know i'm driving <laughs> i'm like Ugh. You know, here thinking like the weather looks good all week. My like, rain gear. Why would I need rain gear? So I get down. They pick me up. They had been hunting that morning. They pick me up, and we get out and get out on like the water and waves crashing. I'm getting like soaked. I'm like, okay, I see this. Yeah. And like we got like three miles to go on this. I'm like, well, this sucks. <laughs> Just Dude, it's way harder than a person oh, thinks. Yeah. Like and then, I mean, it's. You can kind of glass from the boat, but it's hard. You got to get on shore and hike up. And, mm -hmm. you know, those hills off the river are a lot bigger than what they look when you're on the water. Yeah, those bluffs get you. They can get you. So, yeah, hiking up there. Um, and then, you know, this we didn't really have uh, good luck the or any luck. You know, we spotted a few, couldn't get anything the first day. Mm -hmm. uh, that second morning, though, I was, I'm like, well, drop me off on this side. I want to get up and go. And we kind of spread out. Um, I got up on what I thought was a big mule deer. I was like, whoa, you know, right at first light. And then I got the spotter and the phone scope on it, and it was a giant white tail drop tine. So crazy. 
and the I was just, awesome that you showed me. I was just like, you have got to be kidding me right now. Like, <laughs> what is going on? And so, Dustin goes from mule deer mode to white tail mode. Yeah, I went straight, <laughs> like, I am going to find this deer. Yes. This is my deer for the week, yes. and I'm going to follow him. And later that morning, um, I'd met up with um, Jake on the other side, and he's he wasn't having any luck. And I'm like, I saw this deer. I know he's in these two canyons. I don't know where, but I, he's got to be in here somewhere. And you know, whitetail, like they're, yeah. they just tuck you in somewhere and they're gone. Yeah. Just... So anyway, I, I'm talking to him and all of a sudden I look over and I see movement in these bushes and it's just this tiny little, basically little drainage off of the top of this hill mm-hmm. with some snowberry bushes. And I could see an antler in there. I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh, there's something, you know, those must be tall. I look, and there he is. Hmm. He's 800 yards from me. Got the spotting scope on him, and he is laying down in these snowberry bushes and tucking his head, like laying his head flat down on the ground to get his antlers out of the sun. Isn't that crazy? And I was like, all right. And that's why he got that That, big. It's exactly right. Nobody ever sees him. So I'm like, I'm going after him. He stood there in the spotter, and I'm like, just give me some hand signals if, you know, if he's up or whatever. So I went down, got to about where I thought was like 50 yards, 52 yards, and sat for two hours and 45 minutes baking in the sun. And (laughs) there was maybe one or two mile an hour wind, which is super odd for out here. Didn't get... Didn't get any wind, and then it just died, and I was like, "Oh crap!" Yeah, you can't even move without right. Like, so then I knew like you're like running through, like yeah, <laughs> a bunch of popcorn. So and... he, and then I look up, and Jake's standing up, and I'm like, "Crap!" He's standing, you know, right. Buck standing. So I slowly get up, and he was not where I thought. He was down okay. probably thirty yards, and he saw me and just took off running and mm. then I saw how big he was and I'm like my goodness no. so I walked down to where he was laying and it was literally a washout okay that was probably two feet you know just this little tiny washout mm-hmm. and he was laying down in that washout hmm. and he just like snuggled down in there it's nice and cool in there. yep yep like... and the sun wasn't hitting him yep so then you know I was then we saw we Saw pictures of how big he was. Um, I ended up finding him the next morning. Okay. And, uh, yeah, then had a 3 by 3 muley that was really nice. Really nice 3 by 3 still in velvet. And meanwhile, this um, drop tie and whitetail was still in velvet, too. So and that was... What were the dates of that? That was, that was October 3rd. So... So weird. Yeah, it was, yeah it's weird. Um, yeah. And that... Okay, I'll let you get to that story before I talk. So right, go yeah, ahead. we. Go ahead. So then I'm watching him. I'm like, man, I I got him again. There's no way. And uh, yeah, three by three, he kind of got bumped by a coyote and okay. did the you know started up the hill mm-hmm. and uh, just about jumped on top of this white tail. I mean, had to jump right over the top of him. And they both get up, turn, look, didn't know what's going on. <laughs> And then they're gone. Yeah. Gone from my life forever. Gone forever, as Matt would say. Gone forever. Yeah, so um, that one, uh, didn't see him again. Uh, we did see some nice, really nice whitetails. Uh, we found a, 
quite a few deadhead muleys, like yeah. two-year-old deadheads. So that that could have been, you know, they could have had some sort of die-off out there, yeah. or EHD or something like that. Yep. Um, yep. But other than that, the only thing that uh, got... We were finding those down by the waters. Yes. It definitely is... Back like, in the bays. It's a sign of that, for sure. Yep, back in the bays. Uh, yeah. Um, the last day, the last day <clears throat> I ended up, I was going to hike up uh, this canyon and see if I could maybe wind bump a buck over to the other guys where they were at, mm-hmm. um, just to get him to drop into their, basically where they're, um, where they were sitting. Yeah. And man, I hiked up some nasty stuff and I got to the top and I'm huffing and puffing and like, holy cow, my heart rate's already <laughs> at like 200 beats a minute. And just like that, I hear a rattle, rattlesnake. And I'm like, oh crap, where is he? Yeah. Yep. Right by my foot. Yep. Like two feet <laughs> away. Rattlers, man. So I got a rattlesnake and, uh, yeah, you were sending me pictures of your rat, your rattler. I was like, that's not a deer dust. <laughs> nope. So we, so the buck that, you know, the big white tail, you know, you saw him in velvet. It was in October, you know, early October, October 3rd. We know that buck got shot in the rifle season because we've seen pictures. Was he, I can't, was he out of velvet then? Yes. And that's what yeah. I thought, which so weird that he would still be in velvet in early October. We like, talked about that. Was. It was he. Was he a stag? That, you know, right. That's the was first he not going to sh- shed? Yeah. Uh, we didn't know. And then we, you know, we couldn't, we're trying to judge him from pictures and you're mm-hmm. trying to put a number on his antlers and they just can't. And then yeah. uh, once we saw the picture of him, he got harvested by a rifle hunter, um, which was a little, it is what it is. Uh, obviously the guy doesn't have orange on. Um the deer was like six miles from the nearest road, and this guy's standing there with a pickup and his kid. So I don't. <laughs> no comment. Uh, no comment on no how comment. he got no. shot. <laughs> uh, no comment. Yeah, whether it was out the window of the pickup or what. But anyway, neither here nor there. That guy's got a nice trophy, and I got to chase a nice deer. But he actually had uh, one antler tip coming out of his eye socket really yeah so he had it coming out of his eye socket he had a drop tine coming off mm-hmm. of that side he was mm-hmm. real gnarly mm-hmm. and then the other side was just this big five okay um so yeah it and he he wasn't that big uh out of velvet i mean okay. he wasn't he wouldn't have scored that what That's we thought he would he have scored really, he was really he was one of the deer that actually is much bigger in the in the velvet than yeah. some of them do. They just have like that, in you know they're almost like just massive inflammation when they're mm-hmm. they're blooded up. You know what I mean? And then you, they come down and they're like pencil horned. Like I've you know, right. I've seen it. I've hunted. You know when I was really into whitetail hunting in my younger days, like you'd have trail cam pics of these just monsters. And you're like, dude, look at all this. It's a you know pop can based meal that you know whitetail. And then they. Strip off velvet, you're like, that's not the same deer, and it's totally the same yeah, deer, but he's younger. Yeah, just, yeah, it's a bummer when that happens, but yeah, so that was that was kind of the end of that hunt. We learned a lot. Um, probably gonna go back out, we'll get that one on the calendar again, mm-hmm. go back and try that out again. Um, I'm so confused by the velvet on October 3rd. It's so, I was I too. Like, don't have a rhyme or reason why that multiple would be. deer out there were yeah, might have just been the area. I mean, I don't know how else you explain it when it's multiple deer, it's not just one. No. But the fact that you saw pictures after the fact, another, you know, five weeks, six weeks after, mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever that six weeks probably about, like, you know, that's, 
and he's out of velvet. Right. It's like so weird, just crazy. Yeah. Wait for this train to go through here and we'll keep rocking. But yeah, I mean, so then you have this this hunt marked down again this year. So you're going to go back October again is what you're thinking? Yeah. Uh, so Jacob, he's from Minnesota, so he's, okay. uh, you know, he has to wait till October 1st to hunt or September right. 1st if you get, if you're hunting private land for yeah. archery. So we're gonna try it again this year. Nice. Um, maybe try some some different areas. Yeah, for um, sure. About you, October? Do you do much in October? Uh, antelope hunted. Me and Devin went antelope hunting. We've got a couple of antelope in October. Uh, those films are up on our YouTube channel, along with the archery deer hunt I just talked about too. Uh, yeah, and Devin, we got Devin a really nice antelope, like massive, heavy. That's like, awesome. Really good antelope. Um, that was a fun hunt. That was like a really cash, you know, go out for the weekend together mm-hmm. type hunt. Um, I picked up that tag in the COVID turn back tag. So that was kind of cool. Um, so I wasn't, so I didn't, uh, I actually didn't draw that. We, we applied in the same, uh, unit together and he drew, I didn't, we have the same points. I just happened to be one of the unlucky ones that didn't draw and then ended up picking up a turn back. So we still got to hunt together. And then, uh, I should draw that tag again now this year cause I have another bonus point for it. So I'm kind of awesome. pumped to be able to maybe hit that up two years in a row. Um, so that's my plans for October right now for this coming year. Um, along with, I got a couple buddies that, have a fair amount of points for Black Hills Elk, so I'm really hoping that one of them draws so I can go do that, because obviously Dad, that's another thing I did in October, um, and that was October 1st right away, was Dad drew his Black Hills Elk tag, and I went out there for uh, several days prior to that season opener. Dad couldn't, so I was out there solo on that hunt, and I set up, I just actually uh, you know, lived off the my little single man tent for a day or two as I scouted, um, until I found, got into a group of bulls, um, and then I kind of figured out where I wanted to set up. I set up a, I got a wall tent and everything for dad just to really experience that awesome mm-hmm. wall tent deal out in the hills, make it, you make it more memorable for all of us. Cause that, that sure. for him was going to be his last, his last elk hunt that he's going to draw in, in South Dakota. As far as Black Hills elk, he has so many custer points, but still the chance of drawing that's next to nil. So I uh, wanted to make it a really good hunt. And so I camped out there for several nights, actually got on a pretty good bull right away that had a really unique bugle and uh dude i I lived on that bull for like three days four days had him pretty well where he was what he was doing he was coming down every single evening into this big meadow (laughs) like i I was actually camping out on the edge of that meadow and he'd come down there with his cows every single night and bugle all night long like they he was 150 yards from my tent several of those nights like and, and it was full moon so i would literally like unzip my tent and i would glass out and like I was literally looking at him at 2 a.m 3 a.m and it was just it was just epic and so the night before or the morning before I uh this would have been the other day last day of September I was went up into this area and the bulls were just it was epic I mean ripping it up there was 10 12 bulls back in this canyon and uh the bull that I I was hoping my dad would shoot had his cows and he was kind of just standing with his cows, keeping all the other bulls away. Cause all these other bulls were just swinging in, trying right. to steal some cows. And he was just like, he was definitely the biggest one in there. He was big six by seven. And, uh, I, I just got up on top of the cell. I just texted dad. I was like, dude, I was like, I wish you're out here right now. Cause I'm like, this is the most epic elk hunting morning. Like you want to just experience like bulls just working and screaming. And I'm like, it was just so epic. And he got out there actually a couple hours after he was already on the road. They left super early. And I got back to camp, and he was all pumped because I already had the wall tent set up and everything. And I was like, 
Well, your tomorrow morning's probably going to be garbage because this morning was so, so good. Right. I can't imagine it gets any better than what I experienced this morning. And uh, I told him about this bull, showed him, you know, showed him pictures and video that I had of him. And he's like, oh, I'd shoot that bull. Because I, I, I did find one other bull that was bigger. Um, that was probably like a 350, 360 bull. But he was, uh, I only saw him once and he was, he was way far back up in this nasty, nasty stuff. And I'm like, hey, we can keep him as a back pocket bull. And my dad was like, actually, I really like that six by seven. And I'm like, oh, well, he'll be down here in the morning. And he's like, what? I'm like, oh, I'm like, he'll be down here in the morning. He comes down every, you know, and he thought I was joking. And, you know, all night long, about, about 1 a.m., I heard him bugle off the top of this ridge. And I'm like, oh, yep, there he is. And just every hour he'd let out a bugle in the middle of the night. And I just kept thinking to myself, like, oh, yeah, dude, like, we're going to kill that bull. That's him. And uh, so I get up, you know, hour and a half before light, and I get out the wall tent, and I just, get out my 1556s and I glass out into that meadow <laughs> and I hear him bugling. I'm like, and I glass him up and he's yeah. out there in the dark, you know? So I go back in the tent. I'm like, tell my brother and my dad, I'm like, you guys need to be quiet. I'm like, your bull's out there at like 300 yards right now. So I'm like, just keep it down. as You're getting ready. Like don't use anything but your headlamp. Like don't turn on the lanterns. Like, yeah. And my dad thought I was joking. I'm like, I'm dead serious. I'm like, you're going to kill this. You're going to walk out of your tent 10 yards and probably kill this bull. <laughs> Like, it was more than 10 yards, you know, it was probably 50 yards, but it literally like that. We went up and set up and waited for legal time, and that bull ed actually ended up running off chasing a cow, and he actually came back down then to get his other, I knew he would, I was like, let's just stay here, I'm like, he's not going to leave his other eight mm -hmm. cows. No. Come back down, you know, 10 minutes later, and he picked up his other cows, my dad drilled him, dropped him one shot, and just, That's it was just awesome. epic, it was just epic, dude. My dad's like, I thought you were joking about, like, I'm like, no, this bull, like, been doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, so it was just epic. I actually didn't even mean to get into that story as long as I did there, but it was good. I haven't really talked about that yet on the podcast, so it was just so epic, dude. I mean, yeah, we're just, such an epic just kind of going over the whole year, so yeah. this, that was part of your year, too. It was so epic, dude, just. So yeah, get, get that bull and just being able to go out. And, that's super cool, though. Yeah. I mean, the, just that whole experience of, like, getting out there, scouting, finding mm -hmm. them, living with them, yeah. basically, yeah. learning them. You know, not a lot of people get to do that, so that's kind of a, yeah. a different aspect in itself. And I felt lucky that I got to do, you know, do that. And, again, like, I look back at, you know, I was, you know, that was only five weeks after, six weeks after I was in Nevada. Mm-hmm. And when I went out there solo solo and did that, it was like nothing mm -hmm. to me. So I'm like, it was crazy how I had that much like growth, just like confidence and growth from, you know, that experience I had five, six weeks prior and how it carried over to like me going out there and doing that solo for four days, three, four days prior to that hunt, just gearing up and prepping for my dad for that hunt and being able to do that confidently and just like without a stress and a worry. And I really enjoyed it. Like that one to me was the exact opposite of what kind of Nevada was. Right. Was like. I had such a, you know, more of a joy and connection with it, but I, it probably was too, is I was, I was closer, something was going wrong, you know, you're closer to somebody, somebody, you know, you're hours away versus right. a day away. So that made a difference, but it was just cool, man. And now just all the knowledge again built for some buddies of mine that are, you know, they're hoping to hunt that same area and that I can hopefully help them have that kind of experience it's just i hope that can happen again this year for us so yeah and that was that was october man it was like that elk hunt and the, that antelope hunt i did uh i had another covid turn back tag uh antelope that i took eva out and we shot a doe antelope together she did awesome hiked in a mile by herself that's cool and uh hiked back out a mile we she stocked up with me to like 80 yards on the antelope shot it with me so she did like the whole thing and uh, all those ones are up on our YouTube channel, so you can check out all those. That was a pretty cash film, like Amy and me just kind of self-filmed it. Like, Matthew wasn't able to do all the hunts with us this year, 
So some of them are more like vlog style filmed, which was actually kind of fun, just a change up of pace of what we've been doing for the last previous seven, eight seasons. So yeah, that was cool. And then obviously that kind of takes us right into November. I mean, yeah, my November, I uh, did a couple of hunts with my girls. Uh, they had their mentor tags again. Mm -hmm. Um, my middle one, Gretchen, she was kind of on the fence about it. Yeah, I want to do it. No, I don't want to do it. So I'm like, whatever, it's a $5 tag. I'll just get it. Yeah. We'll go out. Um, you know, we kind of had the weather kind of went up and down in November. It was. Um, so we went out a couple of warm days, and uh, Gretchen didn't want to go. Okay. Took Sammy and Natalie. We both went out. Um, you know, we saw some deer. We were sitting in the a big box blind, and Natalie's like, Dad, can we like get out and go after him? I'm like, yes, we can. Let's go. Spot. She wants to spot and stab. Yes. I'm like, yes, we do. So, <laughs> so great. We got out and went down and, uh, and didn't end up seeing him. You know, we walked up about probably 250 yards and they had made their way through the, mm. through the CRP and we couldn't find them. So, but yeah, we didn't end up having any luck on that. And it was pretty cool. Cause we went out like the last season or last day of the season in December yeah and uh <clears throat> we went over to you know some public stuff that had a lot of deer and we saw some didn't really we jumped out of the vehicle got set up on one and couldn't get a shot and she was like oh that's awesome i'm like wow that's not <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not what we yeah, really want to do <laughs> we don't want to jump out of the truck and just shoot something but, yeah right but right. <laughs> we ended up not getting it and um, on the way back, she was like, dad, we got to do this and this and this. And she was kind of planning like what we needed to do better. And I was like, that's really cool. You learned that's from so that cool, and dude. how, you know, taking different things that we did the year before mm -hmm. and, oh, we didn't have enough time to do this. We should do this. So yeah. that was pretty cool. Um, absolutely. And it, we weren't pushing it. Um, yeah. it was just kind of casual and mm -hmm. easy, but, uh, so yeah, we did a couple mentor hunts and then I'd. Uh, Trav, who went on the uh, sheep hunt with us this year, him and a few guys come out yep. uh, every every November and hunt for archery hunt for a week. So yeah. that leading up to that, I uh, had some uh, elevated kidney function numbers in my treatment process, so I was not able to get my regular chemo treatments every four weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, they ended up putting me on. A bunch of steroids like 80 milligrams of prednisone let's go <laughs> so dustin did not sleep much and was running 100 miles an hour for about five months which is also super healthy i mean yes that's <laughs> super good for you to be like on a five month meth binger <laughs> yes so yeah they're the kind of steroids that give you a fat face and a bad attitude if you don't work them off so i was just gonna work you were it. always working yeah so i I ended up running out, um, took two trips out to put trail cams up and then put stands up for those guys. Mm -hmm. And I had a blast doing that. It was really yeah. fun doing some scouting for those guys, similar to like what you did for your dad. And I really feel like that was like the highlight of your season. Like you, you talked a lot about it. Oh, for you sure. Know what I mean, like, I just feel like that was like, it, it was, was special for you. It was kind of one of those things where, um, if you can help somebody out at any point, yeah, help them out. Absolutely. And that was my way. Like, I'm closer. I can run out and put some cams up. And we kind of knew some areas. And uh, they got there. And we pulled the cards the first day. And we found a really nice 
really nice white tail and he kind of had like this one brow tie that had like a moose paddle almost mm -hmm. i mean the biggest one on the camera and you know travels like i'm going after that one i'm like yes let's go yeah yeah, yeah. and uh so yeah he ended up uh like the second day the second evening he ended up shooting that one and he calls me he's like oh, i just got the the moose paddle buck i'm like no way yeah like he's the biggest deer we have on camera this never happens right. you know right and not that fast like, right right so yeah i hiked down there and he's laying over there probably 100 yards from where he shot him and we so took awesome. some pictures uh did the pack out kind of did that stuff together it was and like super his, cool and his first like quarter hour of the year pack out yeah so a great learning thing for him you know like he's learning all these new things yeah it's so cool Minnesota, I mean, <coughs> growing up, we would, you know, you got your deer and you drag it for days, you know. Yeah. If it's two miles in there, you're dragging a whole body well, two we, miles. We, I think, you know, so many of us, no matter where we grew up, that's just what we did. Mm -hmm. It was just you drag your deer. Like, you didn't really know, like, pack it out. <laughs> like, nobody yeah. we didn't know how to do that. I wouldn't want know? to drag where his was at. No. That was a big hill. <laughs> that's climb. a big hill. I know exactly where you're at. So we, it's nasty. Yeah, we got that out and, you know, we were jacked. We'd one down in camp and mm -hmm. um you know that next day i went up a different spot and uh that evening and i you know same thing i was looking for a mature deer uh not a monster i was just looking for a mature deer and i just wasn't finding them yeah um the amuley i should say mm -hmm. uh, i saw some a real, couple of really nice white tails but i was too far away saw them with the glass but wasn't able to get close to them and they were rutting hard, so, I mean, it was, you had to be in the right place at the right time type of thing. Uh, so, anyway, I, I got up on this ridge, and I had two 4x4 uh, four four eight-pointers down below me that were just pushing this doe around, and uh, they were nice deer. And I was watching them. They were about 150 yards, but I was also watching this other area where there was some more muleys, mm -hmm. and... Uh, so then that night I went back and I'm like, all right, tomorrow I'm going to hike way around and, you know, go way around this huge field. But I had to get down like on the bottom of the ravine. Yeah. And then uh, another guy, Brian, that was with, the, he's like, oh, I'm going to go down there with you. So we hiked in together and I'm like, hey, if you don't see, because he really wanted a mule deer too. Um, I'm like, if you're not seeing anything, look right here. And I gave him the pin on Onyx, I'm like this is that bench that they were rutting that yeah. doe on check that out so you know i hike way around and i didn't see much um really really a long hike i went like six and a half miles yeah and i was a little frustrated and i got up on a knob where i got service again and brian texted me he's like i got one and i'm so like awesome, no dude. way so that was pretty cool and then come to find out it was one of those deer and i had pictures and phone scope video of it from the night before and he ended up shooting it like 135 yards from where my pin was that's that i so gave awesome. him so i'm like this is so cool like yeah. and both so with, cool. both with a bow like yes it's so epic dude. yeah and he it was a great story too he got up in there and he said he could see it mm -hmm. and he bumped them out and they ran the one ran down like you know, probably 15 yards away from him and just stood there, but he's behind a tree. Another one came up and like, so then he was in the middle of a doe and two of these bucks. Yep. And, 
the Bucks thought that he was the other Buck, so they were going to go, and he said he, you know, walked right yeah. to him, all bristled <clears throat> up, ready to fight. So awesome. Shot him at, like, 15 yards. So, so awesome. So dude. that was a cool, I mean, a cool hunt. I ended up, did not end up filling a tag. Um, the one melee that I was after glassed up a couple times, he got shot okay. in the rifle season, so yep. he won't be there next year. Uh, hopefully there'll be another one. Yep. Yeah. So, no, that was that hunt, but that was my, that was kind of my, like the highlight. I had mm-hmm. so much fun doing that and burning off those steroids. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, exactly. Just be so, moving, be moving. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually forgot our October, like I forgot my dad also had that, uh, my, my dad drew a bison tag for in, in Custer too. Oh. And so I forgot about that. So we went out there for, and that was just like a one day deal. You know, you just go out there. It's not a difficult hunt. It's just very unique and special. Um, cause there's not very many tags they draw for that every year. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we, he took out my great grandfather's 1894 model Winchester 3030 and, uh, he shot the, his Buffalo with that. So it was just really cool. Kind of a special deal on the monsters animal. I mean, so cool. Yeah. And you just get to learn a lot from the guy that's out there that, that, uh, handles that hunt for Custer state park. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. Um, and then turned around November, we kind of did our normal thing. I had a West river, West river tag, went out with a buddy. We killed a nice mule deer. There really wasn't much of a story behind it. We just, we were out, um, and uh, I can't remember, it was on the second, we killed it on the second day. First day, we didn't, we didn't see anything, and then I think we killed it on the, on the second day. So, yeah, we were just coming back in from, from pretty far out, and we were actually kind of ending our day, and this deer actually just, like, he was nose to the ground running and ran in front of us, like, 80 yards, and I pulled up my binos. It was, like, the last 10 minutes of legal time, pulled up my binos, and I was like, Dude, that's a good deer. Yeah. I'm like, I think I'm gonna shoot him. And so we we shot him, and he ended up being like a mid 170s, pushing you know pushing that number, pushing that 80 mark again. Um, so we ended up shooting him, and we passed up. It was kind of funny because that morning, like uh, the the opening morning right before, we passed up a monster three by three that probably he probably pushed 160 just straight three by Those three. Those are so cool. And uh, my buddy was pretty pissed at me for passing him. <laughs> he was like, dude, he's like, you probably probably should shoot that deer. He's like, yeah. I don't know if there's bigger deer out here than that and uh because we were we were hunting some stuff that just isn't known for like a t- like the deer density in that area is not where i like where i hunted in the past there's just not a lot of deer so mm-hmm. something like that he's like yeah and i'm like well i want to go hunt up in this other area that i've always wanted to go up into so i'm like hopefully these ones just stay here and so we passed it and we passed up another couple of just average ones so it was cool that the passing up paid off again yeah you know that's kind of the more the story of my last several seasons is just passing up deer that are pretty dang good for that opportunity of, of a really good one. So that paid off again. Um, that was my November dude, nothing else much in November turned around in December and, uh, me and Dev, Devin had a mule deer, uh, mule deer, or, uh, not a mule deer, take a, a muzzle or take. And so we went out, uh, broke out the, uh, broke out the wall tent again and we, Backcountry that hunt, I should say backcountry as in general, is as backcountry you can get in South Dakota, but, um, you know, some good, some, some large chunks of land that you have to put in some miles mm-hmm. and, uh, we camped it out, had fun. Um, Devin passed up several decent bucks, um, never found one that he really wanted to, to shoot. And, uh, so that was, that was kind of that. I mean, we had a lot of fun, freaking cold nights, like zero. Yeah. It was cold. And uh, it was fun though, you know, like we yeah. got to we got to have a lot of fun doing that. And I'm like, I'm struggling with remembering my year this year, man. I go to show you how fast this year went. Actually, I did have something else in November. My wife had a Black Hills mule, mule deer tag. She was one of the one hundred people to draw that tag. That's cool. So we were out there for a week doing that. We she didn't kill one. Um, we actually didn't see 
a ton of big bucks. We saw one that probably pushed 170 that we went after hard and just never could find it. And then she got a shot at a, at, at a decent one on like second to the last day we were out. And she just, just shot high, shot right over the back. Um, yeah, we didn't see a ton of like big shooter bucks besides that one. Um, we saw a ton of, ton of bighorn sheep, which was awesome. Filmed a lot of bighorn sheep and just had a freaking great time yeah. out there hunting. And yeah, you definitely don't do that hunt to, to shoot a monster. I mean, there's not a, the, the quality isn't like no. what it is on the prairie, but it's a special hunt regardless. We had a lot of fun. So yeah, I mean, it was kind of an action-packed year as much as I didn't feel like it was, um, but it definitely was. It was it was a lot of fun, man. It was a good season. It was I think everything just seemed to run together because of the environment we were in in 2020. Yeah, everybody wanted to do something yeah. that was not get told what to do. That's exactly <laughs> do what your it was. own yeah, thing, which, and that's how I live my life, anyways. <laughs> you know that. Yep. No, it. And I mean, this year, this year is actually harder um, from. You know, everything that we've been hearing and uh, reading, uh, Canadian borders still closed. Mm-hmm. Um, Africa's, they're it's iffy not gonna on, happen, probably. yeah, iffy on that, if that's going to happen. So a lot of these guys that are hunting these western states or that were, had trips over there that didn't go last year and aren't mm-hmm. going to go this year are applying for western states and applying for tags for out here. I know South Dakota had over a thousand more applicants for archery yeah. out of state hunters alone yeah. this year than last year. So that's going to be interesting to see uh, how much pressure, added pressure that puts on. It's going to be rough, dude. Um, yeah. And it going from, I want to say it's like 2,500 to 3,500. So that's quite a jump. Yeah. Um, and then as far as the draw statistics, mm-hmm. most of the Western states from what I am hearing are up anywhere from 18 to 25%. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. Even Justin told me the, the amount of people that, you know, you know, the amount of people he has that applies to his outfitter pool in New Mexico and the amount of people that actually drew mm-hmm. is massively down mm-hmm. you know, percentage of success wise. Right. Um, that he normally draws, you know, the last couple of years, it's just been a lot tougher. So there's just more, way more applicants going into that pool. Yeah, and know. and a lot of these applicants too are guys that are holding 16 to 18 points, and that buy preference points every year. They're like, okay, I'm going to cash them in this year. Yep, yep. And they're going to draw the tags, which yeah, I mean, they good have on them. Yep, I mean, that's what points. it's for. Exactly. But uh, no, I think um, I talked to another guy, and he said once Canada opens back up, that's basically two years of no hunting. Um, so if you're going to get a trophy quality animal, you're going to want to get into Canada mm. when it opens back up. Cause there's some giant bears, deer. I mean, there's a lot, also a lot of locals that hunt up there, but a lot of their hunting right. is from non-resident hunters. Yeah. It's a big part of their economy. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Same with fishing, uh, flying fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, hopefully that just opens up and, but see what happens. It takes a little pressure off of around here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm pumped for the season, man. I think I was telling you the other day how excited I was for the coming year. Like the last couple of years, I've, I haven't, my excitement level hasn't been as high. I've definitely toned back. I've still had a lot of hunts, but I've toned back the amount of days I'm gone on those hunts. So I've actually hunted a little less total days wise mm-hmm. on the last couple of years, which has been good. I needed to tone it back a little bit. Um, but this year, I'm like, finally have that excitement a little bit back. I'm, I'm really excited for the coming season right. and to have some fun to go out. 
Um, I'm just really looking forward to it, man. I'm glad to have a little bit of that that uh, stoked fire back. Um, yeah. From taking, from from just toning it back for the last two seasons a little bit. So I think I think we talked about this previously too that you know take doing those smaller chunks of time, mm-hmm. but going harder during in those chunks that time where you yep. you are like ultra focused. Yes. Get in there, focus on that, block everything else out that's yep. outside influence. And just concentrate on that Absolutely. versus trying to get, you know, 25 sits in a tree stand in a year, you know, just concentrate on certain days or mm-hmm. yeah. 25 stocks on an animal. You know, it's, yeah, there's something to be said for that. No, just, I agree. It helped me out. I don't know. I needed, you know, we were both in that same boat kind of in the same time frames. You know, we talked about it. We podcasted over that a year ago or yeah. 18 months ago, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, how important it is and how it's going to ebb and flow. Like we have to just like be aware and be self-aware of those feelings of that and like, okay, take action on those feelings and how do I improve this? How do I correct it? We can't just feel that way and continue to do the same things over and over again because obviously those feelings aren't going to change then. Like we have to to do things in our life to correct the way we feel. If that feeling's negative, we have to do things to correct the way and correct those negative feelings and turn them into positive. So what are we doing? You know what I mean? And we take action on that. Mm -hmm. Make an action plan, stick to it, have the discipline, have the self-discipline to do it um, and fix it. And then therefore for me, even going into this year, like, okay, I fixed this problem. Well, don't go back to what it was three seasons ago and be dumb again. You know what I mean? Like it's still then applying what we learned on how to maximize how the way you feel and maximize everything. So yeah, I'm, as I'm planning this year, just because I'm excited about it doesn't mean I'm going to spend 90 days in the field over two months, you know, over, over three and a half, four months. Like I still have to be almost bad math that I almost had 90 days in two months. That would be that's impossible. Be tough. So anybody who's really good at math. <laughs> time travel <laughs> time back travel. or redo these days. So yeah, I mean it's just about it's about being smart, man. And I think that just comes with experience, self awareness, and uh and just some some maturity. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anything else, man, is we're we're getting ready. We're gonna probably do hopefully get together and do some more podcasts here this summer as we're prepping for our twenty twenty one season. Let's get into some prep podcasts, get back in the flow of a few of these hunting podcasts. We've been doing a lot of just like lifestyle and other style podcasts, which is good because we want to talk about things more than just freaking mule deer hunting. You yep. know I mean? There's other things in life that are really important, but you know, a big passion of what we do is also this. And so uh, we're, we're, we're really looking forward to gearing up to, to our pre prep season of 2021. So we'll have more of these coming up. Yeah. And we just want to give a quick rundown of last season, kind of a yeah. short and to the point, you know, we're at well over an hour minutes. and 10 minutes, but it's kind of tough. You're running over two, two hunters of, That's a lot of know, hunts right four there. months of hunting. Minutes. Right. Yeah. But it was, it was good though. There's the quick stories for you guys, uh, just to hear a little bit about our, you know, each one of those could be an hour story. Oh, for sure. You know, but, but there's also, we don't have to, if we don't need to do that to every year, if this just wasn't the year for us to do it, we were going to sit down and do that. So you got the, you got the condensed version today. Um, and hope you guys enjoyed it and had a lot of fun. Um, and just be on the watch for, uh, as our our summer 2021 podcast, our prep prepping season starts to hit, it's, it'll be a fun year. We got yeah. hopefully some good takes coming up. It's been quiet so far in the pig draws, but uh, there'll be some stuff coming up. So still coming out. Yep, exactly. All right, you guys, thanks for t- tuning in today, and hope you have a great rest of your day.